people. What day is it? It's it's silly Auntie Sissy Day. Hello, hello. Welcome to Silly Auntie Sissy. Your favorite friend and I got Dino too. I see you. I see everybody in the world. How are you today? Thanks for joining Silly Auntie Sissy on her adventures through the world. When you read, you see the world. I'm your favorite auntie. I'll give you lollipops and ice cream cones. And you'll never have to eat dinner. Cause that silly auntie sissy ice cream will be your dinner. No matter if you have a tummy ache or two or three. I'm silly auntie sissy and I'm your hero. Thanks, I'm your favorite auntie. Well, thank you. And what is today? Well, Dino, do you know what day it is today? Well, today is Hanukkah. And it's not only Hanukkah, but it's... Fifth day of Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah, Auntie Sissy? Silly Auntie Sissy? Well, Dino, that's a good question. Hanukkah is the day we celebrate because we have eight days of miracles one candle went eight days they were on the run they only had a little bit of oil and Jews are always on the run but that's another story that's all the holidays are about but anyway um yeah so Yes, eight days of Hanukkah and one oil. They had one oil for one thing. And it was amazing. After eight days, that one candle never went out. Wow, that is amazing, Auntie Sissy. Silly Auntie Sissy. It is, Dino. It's very, truly amazing. Isn't it? I like amazing things. And it's a season of miracles, isn't it? Yes. Not just for Hanukkah, but for Christmas and Christians and everybody. Everybody has miracles. You just look for all the beautiful things in the world and they'll come to you. Ah, that's so beautiful, Auntie Sissy. I know. It is, isn't it? And it is very beautiful. Dino says, and I say it, and my daddy is Jewish. How about you, Dino? Well, my uncle is Jewish on my cousin's side. Well, that makes you Jewish. Does it? Yeah. Well, that's great. Yay. I'm Jewish, I'm Jewish, I'm Jewish, I'm a little bit Jewish, I'm a little bit Jewish. Everybody's, like Adam Sandler said, everybody's a little bit Jewish. And you know what, Dino, when I was little, I thought I got so many gifts because I was part Jewish and I celebrated Christmas too. I got a menorah, do you know what a menorah is, what? A menorah is a candle that holds eight candles that you light. Candle holder. I had a candle holder menorah 
and I had a Christmas tree. I got to do everything. But what I was saying is, we have to look for the miracles. We have to be nice to everybody, because it's the holidays, and it's the holiday season. It's time to remember to be cheerful and blissful and create miracles. And we got to look and see, be open enough to realize that all the miracles will come to us. Anything I want, Auntie Sissy, silly Auntie Sissy. Well, yes and no. Anything you want. But sometimes it's something you don't even know you want and it just happens. Like if your car runs out of gas and someone's there just out of the blue and they take you and they help you get gas or they give you a little money for gas or you're hungry and they give you a you get give the, they give you a dollar and in a very moment Christmas miracles happen so everybody watch out for Christmas miracles alright and Hanukkah miracles too all kinds of miracles and for the eight days of Hanukkah and the 12 days of Christmas um, we will read a chapter a day so for the next five days we'll be reading well the next four days we'll be reading the Hanukkah story we'll be reading Secret Garden and then we'll be reading more so by the end of the holiday season we'll be done and we might take a break to read a Christmas story let us know if you have any ideas for Christmas stories you want to hear. Okay, here we go. Might I have a bit of earth? And this is a very good Christmas story because it's about a girl who changes. Mary ran so fast that she was rather out of breath. Well, and I might say she changes, sort of like in the Christmas Carol. Everybody knows a Christmas Carol, right? Wow, the Christmas Carol. Maybe I'll read Mickey's Christmas Carol to you guys. A Christmas Carol is all about Scrooge, and he learned how to be a nice person. That's what Christmas is all about, being a nice person. And we got to do it all year round. So anyway, let's start our story time adventure. Might I have a bit of earth? Mary ran so fast that she was rather out of breath when she reached her room. Her hair was ruffled on her forehead and her cheeks were bright pink. Her dinner was waiting on the table and Martha was waiting near it. That's a bit late. Where have thou been? I've seen Dickens, said Mary. I've seen Dickens. I know he'd come, said Martha excellently. How does he I, I like him? I think I think he's beautiful, said Mary in a determined voice. Martha looked rather taken back, but she looked pleased, too. Well, she said, he's thy best lad ever was born, but us now never thought he was handsome. His nose turns up too much. I like it to turn up, said Mary, and his eyes is so round, said Martha, a little trifle doubtful, though they're a nice color. I like them round, and they're exactly the color of the sky over the moor, said Mary. Martha beamed with satisfaction. Mother says he made him that color, with always looking up at thy birds and the clouds, but he has got a big mouth, hasn't he now? I love his big mouth, said Mary obstinately. I wish mine were just like it. Martha chuckled <laughs> delightedly. It, it looked rare and funny in thy bit of a face, she said, but I knowed it would be that way when they saw thou saw him. How did thou like thy seeds and thy garden tools? Oh, how did you know he brought them? asked Mary. Oh, I never thought of him not bringing them. 
He'd be sure to bring em if they were in Yorkshire. If they was in Yorkshire, he's such a trusty lad. Mary was afraid that she might begin to ask difficult questions, but she did not. She was very much interested in the seeds and gardening tools, and there was only one moment when Mary was frightened. That was when she began to ask where the flowers were to be planted. Oh, who did thou ask about it? She inquired. Oh, I haven't asked anybody yet, said Mary hesitantly. Well, I wouldn't ask thy head gardener. He's too grand, Mr. Roach is. I've never seen him, said Mary. I've only seen undergardeners and Ben Weatherstaff. Oh, if I was you, I'd ask Ben Weatherstaff, advised Martha. He's not half as bad as he looks. For all he's so crabbed, Mr. Craven lets him do whatever he likes because he was here when Mrs. Craven was alive, and he used to make her laugh. She liked him. Perhaps he'd find you a corner somewhere out of the way. If it was out of the way and no one wanted it and no one could mind me having it, could they? Mary said anxiously. Oh, they wouldn't be no reason, said Martha. You wouldn't do no harm. Mary ate her dinner as quickly as she could, and when she rose from her table, she was going to run to her room to put on her hat again, but Martha stopped her. I've got something to tell you. She said, I thought I'd let you eat your dinner first. Mr. Craven came back this morning, and I think he wants to see you. Mary turned quite pale. Oh, she said, why, why, why? He didn't want to see me when I came. I heard Pitcher say he didn't. Well, explained Martha, Mrs. Medlock says it's because of Mother. She was walking to Thwaite Village, and she met him. She'd never spoken to him before, but Mrs. Craven had been to our cottage two or three times. He never forgot how Mother had hadn't and she made bold to stop him i don't know what she said to him about you but she said something as put him in his mind thou mind to see you before he goes away again tomorrow oh is he going away tomorrow cried mary i am so glad he's going away for a long time he mightn't come back until autumn or winter he's going to travel in foreign places he's always doing it Oh, I'm glad, I'm so glad, so glad, said Mary, thankfully. If he did come back, not come back until winter or even autumn, there would be time to watch the secret garden come alive. Even if he found out then and took it away from her, she would have that much at least. When do you think he will want to see? She did not finish the sentence because the door opened and Mrs. Medlock walked in. She had on her best black dress and cap and her collar was fastened with a large brooch with a picture of a man's face on it. It was a colored photograph of Mr. Medlock, who had died years ago, and she always wore it when she dressed up. She looked nervous and excited. Your hair's rough, she said quickly. Go and brush it. Martha, help her slip on her best dress. Mr. Craven sent me to bring her back in his study. All the pink left Mary's cheeks. Her heart began to thump, and she felt herself changing into a stiff, plain, silent child again. She did not even answer Mrs. Medlock, but turned and walked into her bedroom, followed by Martha. She said nothing while her dress was changed, and her hair brushed, and, her, and she was quite tidy. She followed Mrs. Medlock down the corridors in silence. What was there for her to say? She was obliged to go and see Mr. Craven, and he would not like her, and she would not like him. She knew what he would think of her. She was taken to a part of the house she had not been into before, 
At last, Mrs. Medlock knocked at the door, and when someone said, Come in, they entered the room together. A man was sitting in an armchair before the fire, and Mrs. Medlock spoke to him. This is Mary, sir, she said. You can go and leave her here. I'll ring for you when I want you to take her away, said Mr. Craven. When she went out and closed the door, Mary could only stand waiting, a plain little thing, twisting her thin hands together. She could see that the man in the chair was not so much a hunchback as a man with a high, rather crooked shoulders, and he had black hair streaked with white. Come here, he said. Mary went to him. He was not ugly. His face would have been handsome if it had not been so miserable. He looked as if the sight of her worried and fretted him, and as if he did not know what in the world to do with her. Are you well, he asked. Yes, answered Mary. Do they take good care of you? Yes. He rubbed his forehead fretfully as he looked her over. You're very thin, he said. I'm getting fatter, said Mary, when an unhappy face he had. His black eyes seemed as if they scarcely saw her. I forgot you. How could I remember you? I intended to send you a governess or a nurse or one of that sort, but I forgot. Oh, please, please, and then a lump in her throat choked her. What do you want to say? I am I'm too big for a nurse. Please don't make me have a governess yet. That was what the sobering woman said. He said absent-mindedly. Then Mary gathered a scrap of courage. Is she is she Martha's mother? Yes, I think so. He replied. She knows about children, said Mary. She has twelve. She knows. He seems to rouse himself. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I want to play out of doors. I never liked it in India. It makes me hungry here. I'm getting fatter. Mrs. Sotheby said it would do you good. Perhaps it will. She thought you had better get stronger before you had a governess. It makes me feel strong when I play and the wind comes over the moor. Where do you play? Everywhere, gasped Mary. Martha's mother sent me a skipping rope. I skip and run and look around to see if things are beginning to stick up out of the earth. I don't do any harm. Don't look so frightened. You could do no... You couldn't do anyone harm, a child like you. You may do what you like. Mary put her hand up to her throat because she was afraid he might see her excited lump. She came to a step nearer to him. May I? she said tremendously. Her anxious little face seemed to worry him more than ever. Don't look so frightened. I'm your guardian, though I'm a poor one for any child. I cannot give you time or attention. I'm too ill and watched and distracted, but I wish you to be happy and comfortable. I don't know anything about children, but Mrs. Medlock is to see that you have all you need. Her daughter had talked... Mrs. Sotheby said I ought to see you. Her daughter had talked about you. She thought you needed fresh air and freedom and running about. She knows all about children, Mary said again. She ought to. I thought it rather bold to stop me on the moor, but she said Mrs. Craven had been kind to her. It seems hard for him to speak his dead wife's name. She is a respectable woman. Now... I have seen you. I think she had sensible things. Play out of doors as much as you like. It's a big place and you may go wherever you like and amuse yourself. As if a sudden thought struck him. Do you want toys, books, dolls? Might I? Might I have a bit of earth? She asked. In her eagerness, she did not realize how queer the words would sound. Earth? What do you mean? To plant seeds in. Do you care about gardens so much? 
I didn't know about them in India, said Mary. I was always ill and tired, and it was too hot. I sometimes made little beds in the sand, a bit of earth. You may have as much earth as you want, he said. You remind me of someone else who loved the earth and things that grow. Take it, child, and make it come alive. When you see a bit of earth, just remember, take it. May I take it from anywhere if it's not wanted? Anywhere, he answered. There. You must go now. I am tired. Goodbye. I shall be away all summer. Mrs. Medlock came so quickly that Mary thought she must have been waiting in the corridor. Mrs. Medlock, now I have seen the child, I understand what Mrs. Subberly meant. Give her simple, healthy food. Let her run wild in the garden. Don't look after her too much. She needs liberty and fresh air and romping around. Mrs. Sotheby used to come and see her now and then, and she may sometimes go to the cottage. Mrs. Medlock looked pleased. She was relieved to hear that she did not look, need not look after Mary too much. She had felt her a tiresome charge. Thank you, sir. Susan Severby and me went to school together, and she's as sensible and good-hearted a woman as you find in any day walk. I never had any children myself, and she had twelve, and there was never healthier or better ones. I'll always take Susan Sotheby's advice about children. I understand. She's what you might call healthy-minded. I understand, Mr. Craven answered. Take Miss Mary away now and send Pitcher to me. When Mrs. Medlock left her at the end of her own quarter, Mary flew back to her room. I can have my garden, cried Martha. I may have it where I like. I'm not going to have a governess for a long time. Your mother is coming to see me, and I may go to your cottage. He says a little girl like me cannot do any harm, and I may do what I like anywhere. Hey, that was nice of him, wasn't it? Martha, is he really a nice man? Only his face is so miserable, and his forehead is all drawn together. She ran as quickly as she could to the garden. She had been away so much longer that she had thought she sh she should, and she knew Dickon would have to eat out early on his five, to set out early on his five-mile walk. When she slipped through the door under the ivy, she saw was not working. What he was not working where he had left him. The gardening tools were laid together under a tree. She ran to them, looking all around, but there was no Dickon to be seen. He had gone away, and the secret garden was empty. He's gone. Oh, was he? Was he here? Was he only a wood fairy? Something white fastened to a standard rosebush cut her eye with a piece of paper. In fact, it was a piece of letter she had pinned for Martha to send to Dickon. It was fastened on the bush with a long thorn. In a minute she knew Dickon had left it there. There were some roughly printed letters on it and a sort of picture. At first she could not tell what it was. Then she saw it was meant for a nest with the birds sitting on it. Underneath were the printed letters, and they said, I will come back. Next chapter, I am Colin. Mary took the picture back to the house when she went to her supper, and she showed it to Martha. Eh, hey, I never knew our Dickon was clever as that. There's a picture of a missile theft on her nest. And we'll find out. That's just a taste of a new chapter. Happy Hanukkah, and tell a friend, Happy Hanukkah. If you know anyone Jewish, say, Happy Hanukkah! Well, thank you so much for listening to Silly Auntie Sissy, 
and away we go on more adventures. Join me next time for the adventures of a lifetime with silly Auntie Sissy. We're sure to have more adventures. Bye for now. I see you.